That's a key theme, actually, in almost all works of art, that there's an inherent disconnect between what our senses take in and what things may actually be communicating. Welcome to Overfill, a podcast where we analyze cultural items that have been underrated or overlooked. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm your other host, Nadine. And for today's episode, we'll be unironically analyzing what we've come to know as the Vine Canon, those six-second videos that have embedded themselves in millennial culture and viewed across platforms millions of times. Our finding here is that classic vines, rather than just being absurd popular videos, use absurdist humor to express a young generation's disillusionment and suspicion to mass media and tradition. This is Overfill. Now, this is our very first episode of the series, which means we should set the stage for what's to come. Overfill is written amidst a global pandemic where everything is no longer what it seems. That's a key theme, actually, in almost all works of art, that there's an inherent disconnect between what our senses take in and what things may actually be communicating. At Overfill, our key belief is something similar, that everything in our culture is trying to communicate to us, from books, films, tweets, music videos, and even vines, and maybe TikToks too one day. Whether serious critics dismiss work as fluff or shallow, I think in order to understand who we are and our place in the world, we need to be looking at the quote-unquote unserious works of our time and see what meaning we can extract from them. Over the next few episodes, we'll be analyzing things that don't often get analyzed. And don't worry if you haven't watched or read whatever we'll be dissecting. We'll try to give enough context so that all types of viewers can follow along. Be sure to follow us so you don't miss another chance to listen and engage. Let's get started. I can't believe you've done this. 21. You stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna steal all your stuff. <laughs> Got it. What sets Vine apart from other forms of media is that it's a closed system. Founded in 2012, Vine was an American video hosting service that allowed users to share six second looping videos until it was shut down only five years later in 2017. Over the past few years, the closed system nature of Vine allowed the development of what are now considered classic Vines. With no new entries into the platform, it's almost as if young people had the time to process it all and create their own canon of work, their own classic in-jokes that could be referred to again and again. If you're on the younger side, you know the classic Vines. And they were roommates. Hi, welcome to Chili's. And many more. The vines themselves contain dozens of millions of views. Young people on the internet will allude to classic vines in countless memes, conversations, tweets, comments, and artwork. Vine compilations on YouTube are often titled with an air of disillusionment, sadness, or irony. Vines that cure my depression, for instance, or vines that keep me from ending it all. They have millions of views but often contain the same content just in different order. We're talking about a body of work that has done what Hollywood could only dream to have. Art that's talked about again and again in constant spin-offs and references. In short, a work immortalized by young people. Vines have even spawned a book of poems. Milk and Vine, 
which is a number one bestseller on Amazon and a parody of Rupi Kaur's bestseller, Milk and Honey. Meaning, even in the spin-off media that Vine creates, there seems to be a critique of popular art that has come before. We'll see that Vine creators in general exist to critique power and media structures larger than themselves. I'll remind you of our central finding here, that classic vines and their creators use absurdist humor to express their suspicion towards more elite forms of media, as well as their disillusionment with the world. But what is disillusionment? Disillusionment is a general feeling of distrust and deep disappointment that something, often the world around us, is not as good as one was promised. In Western culture, young people were promised an American dream, a steady career after college, it's opportunity with a guarantee, opportunity with a guarantee, a family, a nice home, the home they've always dreamed of, the happiest investment they have ever made. And what they were given instead was an economic reality quite the opposite of a dream. Member of the family, large comfortable This is why people report disillusionment as most pronounced in millennials. With rising wage gaps between generations, a failed housing market, climate change, and unaffordable healthcare, it's clear why millennials, who are the majority of Vine creators, are disillusioned. A 2019 survey showed that almost half of millennials will quit their job within two years. It also showed what we believe are three key elements of modern disillusionment. Millennials are, on average, unhappy with traditional social institutions, despise the lack of social progress, and are suspicious of mass media like Hollywood and the news. As a counter to mass media, Vine was, in many ways, an entertainment form owned by the very people it was meant to entertain. When we look at the locations, characters, and themes of classic Vines, we see some common characteristics. Vines are often set in the backdrop of a working-class America, they're often created by a millennial or younger user, and they often have an element of absurdist or surreal humor. That is, an element that pushes just on the edges of reality in order to embrace the strange or reject the traditional. But there's a larger thematic thread between popular vines. Vines are often set in the somewhat private or domesticated sphere in living rooms, cars, kitchens, and neighborhoods. But when large institutions or public spaces do show up, they are almost universally criticized. They're places where things just don't carry out their intended functions. Put another way, if an alien who had no knowledge of Earth whatsoever were to look at the most classic vines for guidance on what our planet was like, they'd see a rather depressing story of our public spaces. That chaos seems to be most concentrated in the things that are supposed to provide us stability. Let's look at some examples of how Vine creators express their disillusionment with the world. As though manifesting millennials' deep suspicion of larger institutions, the most popular Vines show TV anchors being knocked over by animals, fights breaking out in fast food restaurants, power lines shocking an unsuspecting broom holder, and frisbees being lost in highways. What the fuck, Richard? Vine characters will interact in department stores by dodging fake rats. <laughs> as perhaps ways to express how much these institutions fail or scare them. 
looped 6.8 million times. There's also a vine where user DC Youngfly sings Chris Brown's refrain, These hoes ain't loyal, while dancing on top of a counter in the craft section of a Walmart. A scene that has captured almost perfectly modern disillusionment. I can't help but feel as though, whether the Viner intended it or not, that we're seeing a young person lament about the disloyalty of large department stores as they display small businesses. The idea that large institutions, like these hoes, ain't loyal. That's a key element to our reading. Whether the creator intended it or not, we can't help but read popular vines as expressing something unconscious about the state of the world. Vine creators often use absurd humor to point out absurd things in society. Take the Vine Welcome to Chili's, where Vine creator Adam Perkins arrives center stage in nothing but a pair of boxers before uttering his iconic line, Hi, welcome to Chili's. Here, the Vine says something about the absurdity of having young people make up so much of the fast food workforce. Literally stripped of their uniforms and clothing, workers like this Viner are just kids thrust into large restaurant chains and corporations much too soon. It highlights the absurdity of being forced to put on a customer service voice and perform the role of an adult when what lies underneath is anything but. Let's take another close look at a vine that appears different, but offers a very similar critique of public institutions. The That's My Opinion vine by user Kensadia. How do you know what's good for me? That's my opinion! In That's My Opinion, we're taken to the middle of an argument between digitally distorted Tamra Judge and Vicki Gunvalson of The Real Housewives of Orange County. They're arguing about something the audience likely doesn't care about before Tamara lashes out and says, That's my opinion! to the bafflement of the host. We've seen one of the factors of millennial disillusionment is suspicion of mass media. In this context, the Viner has literally distorted the faces of the subjects in order to express how disconnected their outrage is from reality. The housewives, with their elongated faces, nose, and foreheads, swirl increasingly out of proportion and appear almost alien, just as the upper elites seem alien to a struggling millennial working class. Millennials are often seen as oversensitive and over-emotional. The term snowflakes is a derogatory term that is often weaponized against younger people for voicing their real concerns about the injustices around them. Which gets us in to the snowflake. Your children are snowflakes. The snowflake rebellion. <laughs> Taking on liberal snowflakes. That's my opinion almost subverts that narrative showing that the true overreactions come from social locations much higher. Another vine. I spilled lipstick in your Valentino bag. Oh, you spilled lipstick in my Valentino white- works in a very similar way. When the aforementioned lipstick is spilled in the aforementioned Valentino white bag, we have, at least visually, a member of the upper class dressed in a hot pink blazer and filmed from below so that she towers over much of the frame expressing her disproportional outrage at a younger woman. The audience is meant to laugh at this character as they sympathize with the younger Viner, a millennial who stoically admits to her what she's done. She's filmed at a much more neutral angle and serves again as a subversion of the snowflake millennial trope. 
taking all these elements, Vine creators have effectively launched their own distinctive generational voice as they both criticize the world and express their disillusionment with it. Aja Romano, a culture staff writer for Vox, has written about the importance of Vine for creators of color, particularly black creators. She writes, quote, Vine is what every other social media platform would look like if users of color were able to openly tell their stories in their own way without fear." Unquote. Romano also notes that Vine has allowed communities of color to respond to, subvert, or mock stereotypes about themselves. A classic example of this would be Call Amber's Vine in which a black man in dreads does the whip nene dance to heart and soul performed on the piano by two other black men in the background. Here we have a juxtaposition of black art with traditionally white space and white sound, where racial division and stereotypes about black men are highlighted at the same time they're criticized. Essayist Megan Hoynes writes that young creators on the internet on a broad level, participate in an art movement she calls modern Dadaism, or neo-Dadaism. Neo-Dadaism is, in effect, anti-art. It has its roots in the art movement Dadaism, which emerged after World War I, where people were disillusioned with what the world had to offer and wanted to challenge elitist notions of what art was. Back then, the movement brought Marcel Duchamp's LHOOQ, where Mona Lisa is absurdly modified with a mustache. The parody was interpreted as a challenge to an elitist reverence to the Mona Lisa and meant to offend an upper class. In a similar way, Viners took ownership of the platform and told six-second stories that rejected a multi-billion dollar entertainment industry. It ended up being a kind of anti-Hollywood, authentic, low-budget, and amateur, rejecting a Hollywood three-act structure that tells us what stories should look like and what type of characters they should include. Modern meme makers and viners don't often refer to themselves as artists, but I think there's a case to be made about their cultural and artistic role. Slang like on fleek and yeet, after all, were popularized by black vine creators and artists. And scrolling Twitter today in 2020, when the last vines were uploaded in 2017, I still always come across a classic vine quote, twisted and churned and alluded to in some new way. So I leave you with a few questions after our analysis. What modern movie or text has achieved that kind of longevity? What other work of art, other than the classic six-second looping videos, has captured the attention, the psyche, and the voices of young people today? This has been Overfill. Overfill is written and directed by me, Jodre Datu, produced by Nadim Merrick, and hosted by Jodre Datu and Nadim Merrick. We're a new show, and we're always looking for new ideas. We don't have an official website, but if you have anything you want us to analyze next, email us at overfillpod at gmail.com. See you next time.